Welcome to the Big Human Toolbox. I am Randy. And I am Todd. Today we'll be talking about strategies for big human, little human relationships. Come and join us at our dining room table as two professionals share insights, knowledge, tools, and strategies with you. Hi, welcome to our first episode of the Big Human Toolbox. Today we want to share some of why we started this um, toolbox. And the idea kind of came from me. I talked with Todd and he and I have great conversations around kids and students and helping kids. And I wanted so many times to have people be able to be part of those conversations. And so I talked with him one day and I said, Todd, we should do a podcast. That way people can be able to be part of our conversations. And when she talked to me about it, the first thing that came to my mind, it was just, it's a lot of work and that anything extra that takes away from family and home um, and school and work uh, was just something that I didn't know if I wanted to put forth that time. However, I think Randy is 100% correct that because of our different experiences, Randy and I come from two different perspectives, but those two different perspectives blend and allow us to be a great team. And I think that's the message is that I know that what we talk about and what we share is so important. And I just appreciate Randy putting that fire underneath my belt to kind of do something about it. And so that I think that's what the whole purpose of this is, is that we recognize that our little humans in our lives, and those little humans can be from our own kids, or whether they can be from people we work with, or we go to church with, or whatever, we know that they have big problems. And the question is not just what to do, but it's about how do we do it. And that is why Randy and I wanted to get together and put this down and hopefully share this with other people. Right. So a little bit about our background is I am currently a special education teacher. I work at an elementary school. Um, This year I have mainly fourth graders. But in my history, looking back, I was always a teacher. I was a kid who would save all of my papers from school and I would pretend to be a teacher um, and play teacher. My um, mom is also a teacher and my aunt was an educator. So I came from a great educator background. I looked at my aunt who was a regular ed teacher and then she became a principal and then she was on the state school board. And I saw my mom as she worked with um, kids as a paraeducator working with high school kids. And then she went back to school and got her degree and started working with preschoolers. So I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. When I decided to become a teacher, I started working as a paraeducator like my mom. And I worked for an elementary school, kindergarten through fifth grade. And I did that while I finished going to school. 
And so I was able to apply the concepts and the strategy I was learning right away. And that was a great help as I was learning to be a good teacher that I could apply those things right away. And so I have been in education since 2004 and I love it. I love working with the underrepresented population and working with kids who feel like they aren't successful and that I can help them find the tools and strategies to be successful. And what about you? Well, my my plan or my uh, idea to be a mental health counselor did not start early off in my youth. I, I don't know if I even knew what I wanted to do. Um, at first, I thought I wanted to get into business. Uh, however, that's just not my personality. One of the inspirations for just wanting to help people, whether it's being a counselor or just being a person to help, um, came from my mom. She, like my wife, is a uh, was a special education teacher, and she helped uh, kids who just needed a lot of help. And my grandma shared a story with me that has always brought inspiration to me. My grandma recalled that one day my mom called her and just out of the blue shared a story. And my mom was working with, I believe, a young lady who was really not able to communicate. And she received a message from a student's parents where this mom was crying and told her how grateful she was for my mom because she taught the kid or the daughter to say mommy for the first time. And I think for me, I think that's what inspires me to be whether it's a teacher or a helper, is to just try to do or make the impossible possible. Because one of the things I realized in my own life, especially after the loss of my mom, is that we need people. And it's not just going to be our immediate family. We need help from everyone in our community. And if we all can work together to help our little humans become big humans in a very responsible and powerful way, uh, that has led me uh, to being a mental health professional. Uh, I am a mental health professional and have been since 2005. Uh, I have worked in all sorts of populations, and I've worked in all sorts of uh, different types of um, programs, whether it's outpatient, inpatient, uh, or residential. And for me, that is what makes our world go around. Not what we do, but how we do it. And that's what teaching and mental health does. It allows us to figure out how we do all the great things we want to become. And I think that's why for me, I really want to be a part of this is not only because I think it will bring Randy and I together, 
because that's one of the biggest things as being married is that you have to come together in how to parent and in, in how to help little humans. And, and so that I think is a part of this. But the other part of it is wanting to help everyone to figure out how. How do we make the impossible possible? And so that that's kind of in brief my story. There's more to it, but that is, is in a nutshell is kind of what's led me to being a mental health professional. Good. So my background in education is I um, went to school at the Utah State University. I graduated with my bachelor's of science. I've worked as a special education teacher mainly with kids with mild, moderate disabilities. I also did a stint uh, with kids with more functional. Um, and I've mainly focused with kids K through fifth grade, especially third, fourth, and fifth. And Todd, what's your education? So. Oh, I forgot. I got my master's degree. <laughs> That, that was a lot of work. That was a lot of work. I shouldn't forget that. Don't forget that. <laughs> so I also went back to school and got my master's um, mainly in educational leadership. And I just love learning. So I love learning about all different kinds. And so I have lots of other trainings under my belt, too. Oh, that is very true. You, you are. You do love to learn. For me, my, my background similar. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in family human development, which was a gift. Now, at the time, when you take a class like that or a degree like that, they make it very clear that you have to get your master's degree or the chance of really being able to get a good job uh, and make enough money to sustain your family is limited. However, it was a great background for me to learn about people. Uh, then I went um, and got a master's degree in uh, marriage and family therapy, but it also had a background in counseling. Uh, and then as I have moved forward in my professional career, I have it has led me down and I have chosen to follow the degree or the path of more of the counseling versus the um, marriage uh, counseling type of thing. Do a lot of family work. I think. I think for me, just like parenting or just like working with youth, it's not just the background. It's just the journey. And for me, as I look at my journey, you know, I started off, you know, doing substance abuse and working with adults who have substance abuse problems. I worked with kids. I worked with elderly individuals. Um, I worked with everything, depression, bipolar, um, schizophrenia. Um, but then as my life changed, when we uh, were blessed to adopt our son, Michael, um, I started my experiences became more adolescent focused and more youth focused and the treatment thereof. And then it led me down to working more with trauma and working with kids who didn't necessarily have the beginning places of attachment that other kids have. 
And so it's really interesting that we can we can start off with a certain foundation, but it's the journey that has led me to be where I am today uh, and very grateful for that journey. Good. So what I really appreciate about Todd is we met at the very beginning of his career. And so we have always had the opportunity to really grow together in our careers. I'm the kind of person who gets all snuggly and I just like to stay where I'm at. But Todd has had so many experiences as he's worked with um, different people in different facilities. So he has done inpatient, he has done outpatient. And so it's really interesting to see how our careers have helped supported each other through the years. So Todd and I met at our church and we were blessed to be able to um, come together and enjoy each other and we were able to get married. And then later, um, Todd and I were able to do some foster care. And I think that was a, I think that was a, a, a huge blessing. And I think that actually started um, to mold us. I mean, it not started, but it really did begin to mold us. I think that was the first part of that is just one of the things about working with little humans is you never know what's going to happen. You know, you never know what's going to be ahead of you. And that was how our relationship uh, started very early in our marriage, was that things just did not happen the way we would like them to. And so uh, traditional parenting just was not in our future. And so we then looked for other opportunities that we could parent and influence kids. And that led through foster care. And over the years, we didn't work with lots of kids, but we worked with several. Uh, we worked. We had two specific foster kids in our home that just really transformed and changed our life. Helped us to realize that you can love anyone as long as you could seek to understand that little humans have big human problems. And I think for me the biggest part of that foster care experience is that you can focus so much on what to do and strategies. And our our world has so many different books and models and theories and research developments of how to parent or how to help little humans. But you know what really has happened for me in my study is really how do you love? Because each kid receives love differently. And unless you have an open vessel, you can't pour anything into it. And I think that's what this, my time or our time doing foster care led me was that, yes, we have to focus on what we're putting into our little humans, 
But we also have to make sure that we can open the vessel, that they can receive what we want them to receive. And I think that's what you're going to find as you listen to this podcast, is that my wife, she's the rock, right? She's the, she's the steadfast. And Randy is always about what do the kids need? And as a special education teacher, that's her job, right? Giving them what they need. And that is, you'll find that whether it's with what she does at school, at church, at home, it's always about doing the right thing. That's my wife, the right thing. And, and she's steadfast in that. And so you're going to hear her focus a lot of her time and energy on the right thing. What do the kids need? How, and, and how do you give it to them? And I think what you're going to hear more from me is how do you as a parent get there or as a person, as a human, big human, and then also just how do you allow or influence the little human to get what you're trying to provide. And so I think that's what you're going to hear from us. And that's what makes us so powerful together is we have both of those things working together. Right. I think definitely I like to focus on strategies and here are the tools in your toolbox that you can use. And I think that that's where the name um, Big Human Toolbox came from is because I was thinking of all the different skills and the strategies that you can use. And the more tools you have in your toolbox, the better parent, professional, teacher, um, big human you are because everybody can touch the life of a child. Every big human can touch the life of a little human. And it's not always about fixing the little human. I think I want to make that very clear from the beginning. It is not about trying to fix our little humans in our lives, but it is about bringing the right tools to give our little humans the things that they need. And I'm a very action-oriented person. And so I like to sit down and think, okay, what tools do I need in my toolbox? And so when I talk to Todd usually and I bring up a problem, I've already usually shared with my coworkers or friends or parents of people, I usually share those tools. But what I love about Todd is he always brings the emotional and aspect of things. And he brings that connectedness with things. And so I think that's where our subtitle really came from is focusing on strategies for those relationships. Well, and that, I think that's the key, right? Because it really is about relationship. And, and so in my journey as Randy was helping me and and to get prepared for this I thought of what's the the big message that I wanted to share and that is this is that my I have multiple paradigms that I think are becoming more affluent but I think are still different and one of the paradigms that I am very focused on 
is that I believe that everyone is doing their very best. In our in our culture, we think doing our best is when we get the A or when we get the large money or the the big job or when we get some sort of achievement, right? That that's I know I've done my best when I've gotten the prize. But that's just not the case. For me, for me, I think everyone every single day does their best. The challenge is that we all have obstacles that sometimes keep us from where we want to be. And so that's where I really will focus on is everyone needs to hear that they're doing their best because so many of us don't believe it. And if we're not where we want to be, then that's where I want to focus on how do we work through those obstacles, emotional, physical obstacles that keep us from where we want to be. And I think there's going to be three things, three principles that you're going to hear me talk about throughout every podcast. And that is three things. The first one, and I've learned this from lots and lots of parents. I've heard this probably a thousand times, and that is this. Todd, I've done everything you've said, and it doesn't work. And that really hit me. For a long time, I go, well, why is that? Like, this is what I've read. This is what supposedly works. Why is it working? And here's why. And this is what we're finding out. Is that so much of a lot of at least older parenting strategies just focused on what the big human does. But we never stop to look. We are now. We're never stopping to look to ask this question. Is the little human's brain able to receive the message that you're trying to give? Brains are very complex. And we're realizing that little kids, little humans, can experience so much more in their lives. And so sometimes, a lot of times, their brains are altered and they're living in a place of survival. And so therefore, how a big human tries to communicate, if it doesn't mesh where that young person brain is, then it's not going to be successful. The second principle is something that I've learned along the way, which is this. If it can't happen inside of you, it can't happen through you. And so you know what, big humans? We also have our own problems. And maybe it stemmed from when we were little humans. But to really be effective, we have to look at ourselves too. Parenting and helping is not just what we give or what we say or what we do, but it's who we are. And so I'm going to encourage each of you to look at can the person that you're wanting to become is your mental, emotional, and physical body able to support that? And the third thing is a statement that I've heard from uh, 
the attachment world. And the first time I've heard this um, was from a gentleman. His name is uh, Ken Huey. Um, he is uh, a professional known in um, the attachment world and just in the mental health professional. And he, he, it's not coined by him, but it's something that I heard from him. And it just says that we must have connection before correction, but correction must occur. So many times we focus on just the correction, but we don't focus on the connection part of things because what are we really hoping for? Are we really just wanting to create obedience with people? That people will just comply to us by every single demand? Or are we looking for something more? Are we looking for relationship? Are we looking for an intimate connection with those around us that they can feel safe and that they're and that they're not always afraid of saying the wrong thing or disappointing us. And so these are the three principles that you are going to hear me speak about throughout. And I think and we'll see how this podcast goes. I'm going to really just allow my wife to do what she does because she's amazing at it. And then I will intercede or interject with these three things, right? How is the person's brain able to hear what you're saying, right? Anything going on inside of you that's making it hard for you to be who you want to be? And and just how can we connect with them before we just try to correct what we're trying to do? And so I'm excited to see how this goes. And I'm excited to see how this podcast affects our relationship, but also Hopefully it will help each one of you just become the best big humans you can be so that we can then influence little humans to become big humans as well. I like that. So here is how we want our um, podcast to go that we think. Now, first, we're going to focus on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I have seen over and over in my professional career how kids or little humans don't always have those needs met. And because they don't have those needs met, it is very hard for them to be successful. So I think those things are the basics. And so we're going to do a little series where we're going to just talk about the needs that humans have. I also love funny stories. And we work with little humans who are hilarious. And so, especially on social media, I am going to ask you for your funny stories because we can have very emotionally charged hard days and having those funny stories just helps me with that release. So quickly, I want to share one of my all time funny favorite stories. I was a paraeducator at this time and I was working with students in third, fourth and fifth grade and we were working on spelling. And we were doing the dreaded there, there, and there. 
we were talking about the different spellings and how it is. And I said, okay, how do you spell there? Like it's their house. And one of my little humans was so excited and he raises his hand and he said, T-H-E-R-E. And I said, well, that's close. That's actually there, like over there. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, well, then F me. And I just looked at him and I was thinking, did you just swear at me? (laughs) And so, but the intent on his face wasn't what it should match if he was really telling me to, um, do certain actions. So I looked at him and I said, well, what do you mean then? And he said, well, just give me an F then. And I realized that he did not realize what he had just told me to do to him. And so I looked at him and I was like, well, I will not give you an F. And I literally had to turn my back to the class because I was ready to burst out laughing. And so I erased something off the board. And when I had myself composed, I turned back around. And one of my other students noticed I still had a smirk on my face. And he looked at the kid and he looked at me and he looked at the kid. And then you saw the light bulb go off in his head. And he's like, (gasps) and I just shook my head at him and he didn't say anything luckily. But it was really funny. And so I went home to share this story with my mom because at the time I was living with my parents and I told her this story. And so later that day, my mom was getting something out of the medicine cabinet and my little sister was at the counter in between my mom and I. And I was sitting at the stool. My mom's like, well, why didn't you do something? And I was like, well, number one, you never asked me to. And number two, and I just went off listing stuff. And my mom looks at me deadpan and says, well, A, B, C, D, and F me then. And my little sister's eyes got as big as saucers because her mother had just told her sister to F her. And she was about to die because that is not the family I grew up in. We did not swear. We did not do that. And my mom and I just burst out laughing. And my sister was so confused because she had not heard this story. And for me, this is one of those classic stories where if we always take kids at face value, we can have misinformation. (laughs) But... I hope to hear your funnies. I also hope I also hope to hear your successes. And I also hope to have your victories and your questions. So please, on social media, if you guys are struggling with something, please let us know because we would love to share just years of experience and expertise that we have with you. Well, and I think I think that's the, the real idea around Randy's funny stories is, is two things. Number one is, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your little human 
is to be able to be present with them, right? Because Randy could have heard what the kid said and just reacted and really create some shame for this young man. But she was able to hold her own stuff, slow down, ask a question, which made all the difference in the world. And then it became a funny story. And it's become something that she shares all the time. And it's something that has brought joy. And that is what the whole, I hope, that one of my hopes is, is that, you know what? Whether you're a family that has lots of little problems or typical problems, or you're a family that has big problems, right? Because of just some of the different trials of life. The real gift is how do we be present with our little human and be able to accept them for who they are. And even if the moment they are saying something that's just not okay, being able to in that moment accept them and in a very powerful way to connect with them and help them feel felt with their best efforts because they are. They are giving you their best efforts even in the moment if it doesn't sound like it. And and so that is what this is about. This is about how do we create very interactive and connective relationships. And by doing so, hope that we'll get to the result that we're looking for. And so I'm just excited to come together and be able to help us not get stuck in the ruts of life and be able to work together to move forward. Yeah, so some housekeeping things. We are hoping to start launching our podcast May 1st, and we are going to upload the series with where we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We will then try to post a episode a week and we are going to be focusing on different dis I don't like the word disabilities because for me it's a it's an ability that some kids have so we're going to focus on different hardships that some of our little humans may have we are also going to talk about some of the struggles and things that you all feel like that you need help with and so we hope that you enjoy listening on May 1st to some of those basic needs from um, Maslow. And of course, please let us know through social media the things that you like and the things that you want to hear more about. Because we are here to help you and help us grow. So enjoy and thank you for your time. Thank you for taking time to build your toolbox today. If you enjoyed today, please like, subscribe, and think about leaving a rating and review. We also love comments. If you know of someone who could use the information you learned today, please share. We appreciate your time and support. Please follow us on social media. 
The links are found in the show notes below. Also remember to share your funnies with us. I can't wait to hear your funny stories. See See you you next time time on on the the Big Big Human Human Toolbox. Toolbox.